Alrighty, my friends, welcome to The Fear Alchemist. I'm your host, Ben, and we have a special guest, not just because it's another person, but this person um, has helped me navigate the subconscious fears and limiting beliefs and increase my capacity for feeling, for finances, for success. And so I'm excited to introduce you to Nadia, um, who is truly, who came at the right time in my life. And I could go on and on, but truly, um, she has uh, like allowed me and saw me and helped me reprogram my subconscious in a way that I couldn't do it by myself. So Nadia, thank you so much for being here. And just like, I'm excited, not just, just because it's like, it's fun to talk to someone who you've worked with and I've had coached you before. Like even while we were, going through our sessions, I always was thinking like, oh man, I can't wait to talk, uh, do a podcast. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So for people who for just listen to that brief intro and have no idea, like really what that is, like, how would you describe to people what it is you like do? Like, what is your calling? What is your purpose? What do you help people with? Yeah. So I always say I have these two areas of expertise, which I call strategy and capacity. So on one hand, I have a more businessy background where I specialize in service design and brand building and some product design, design thinking, and I help people with building businesses, products, services that work and that are desirable and usable. Um, and then there is just always this part missing um, and so on the other side, and this other area of expertise that I have is that, which is what you just, I mean, you beautifully described it, is that I help people build subconscious capacity for the strategy that they are implementing or the strategies that they already have. But there's, especially I find with people who have their own businesses who, you know, a lot of their success depends on them being solid in themselves. There's not a whole team behind them. There's not you know, people you can kind of outsource to when you yourself feel uncomfortable with selling or you feel uncomfortable showing up. There's not someone you can go, well, can you do that part? So there's a, a capacity that needs to be built for the for these things and for the strategies to stick. So I do both, which I love to do. And, and with clients, it usually ends up being a little bit of a mix of both or sometimes, you know, people come to me specifically for one or the other. That's cool. So strategy would just be like the tactical practical like what do you do how do you help people what do they need is it user-centered do people actually want this do they know how to use it do they you know these kinds of things that i think are important um but then the capacity is more is more the internal and the personal yeah so that for someone who just to provide more context for the subconscious capacity how would you describe that for someone I met, I know they they can like feel it in their body, right? Mm-hmm. Like even when you talk about capacity, it's like, do I have room for this? Do I have space for this? Like, but yeah. how else would you describe like how do you know when you don't have like maybe through an example, like how do you know? And we can use me, like I definitely want to use me as an example and yourself throughout this. Yeah. But like an example of not having enough capacity and then increasing mm-hmm. your capacity. Yeah. I think a visual that people usually can understand really quickly is the one of the container or the vessel. So if you just think of a a glass of water and the glass itself, the vessel is the capacity you have, right? And then 
you pour in the water, which we would say is the strategy. And then if at some point, right, you you kind of, there's a, oh, how do you say that in English? I can't believe that I already have my first <laughs> language thing, like two, two minutes in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is not my first language. Um, there's a push and pull between the two, right? You can't have this. I mean, you can have a huge vessel and very little strategy in it, but then you're kind of wasting your vessel, which you have the capacity for. But usually what happens is people have all these strategic ideas or plans and goals, which is amazing. And they keep pouring, but if the capacity, the vessel itself, the container hasn't been adjusted to hold that and to sustain that over time, um, it just kind of flows through your fingers, as we say in German. So mm-hmm. one example for that would be, I mean, I think revenue is a really good example because it's, you know, it's numbers and you can literally say like the, well, the capacity you have or the revenue you have, you definitely have the capacity for. If you want to up that in any sort of major way, ideally you will up your strategy to, you know, maybe you're going to scale your offers or whatever it is, whatever makes sense for the person and their business. And you also want to up your capacity to deal with those, you know, increased uh, numbers. Yeah. Right. Like it's not just about, Hey, you have the best branding or marketing strategy in the yeah. game. Um, I mean, because that's typically just how we approach it is like, Hey, Absolutely. I need to get my funnel right. Or I need to get my branding right. Which again, right. Is half of it. Yes. But then you have like what I have very often, what happens very often is that clients come to me and they're like, yeah, I did this course and I know what to do, but I don't do it because there's a part of them that's like, yeah, that's actually really scary. And I don't know what's on the other side of this. And let's just stay here because this is really comfortable. And like, "Mm, this feels like a little bit too risky. Right. And that's why, like when just in general, but specifically when we're when we were working together, mm-hmm. why I was such a nerd for it just because I'm like, oh my God, like this is like, because this, you know, what you were talking about of like, it's it feels scary, it feels unknown. They don't know what's on the other side versus this feels yeah. comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so it's very much um, what is near and dear to my heart of, you know, navigating fear and like what feels safe yeah. and what doesn't. I'm and curious. expanding that, right? Like the... Because familiarity is such a strong driver, but it's not always an indicator for what's actually good for us. Mm-hmm. So before I move on, I just wanted to yeah. acknowledge that you said that English isn't your first language, which which <laughs> yeah. doesn't even like you almost sound almost American. <laughs> I but just it's like, watch a ton of TV. That's why. <laughs> but so I know you were how many? You speak a lot of languages. I speak. I mean, I say seven, but they're not all like you know, perfect, like super fluent, but seven. Yeah. So what are the fluent ones? <laughs> um, English, although <laughs> sometimes yeah. I, I wonder, <laughs> German is my first language. And then my household growing up, my parents, my dad is from Morocco. My mom is from Sicily. They met in London. I was born in Switzerland. So it was just all, <laughs> it, was, it was French. It was Italian. It was English at home. My dad spoke Arabic. I don't speak Arabic. Um, then I learned Spanish later on. I'm pretty fluent in that. I'm quite, quite proud of myself because that I learned when I was maybe 20. Mm. Um, and then I branched out. I was like, let me do something different. And then I did Japanese and then I started Mandarin. That was my most recent, but, and also the one I'm, I cannot hold a conversation. (laughs) Dang, this is crazy. What, 
Do you dream in German or multiple languages? Mm, German and English, I would say. Yeah, I love it. English, that's good. Yeah. So that means you are pretty fluent in it if you're dreaming in it. I mean, I read, I'd say 90% of what I read, I, I read in English and then I watch, I still watch a ton of TV. So. Yeah. That's and then cool. of course my work, right? I, I it's really fun to to get to work with people from pretty much anywhere and mm-hmm. speak English most of the time there as well. So Nadia, I'm curious, when you were what's one of the first moments for you and your life or your business specifically that yeah. you had your own like capacity breakthrough when you realized Ooh. like yeah, I'm just curious, like what was that for you? Like when I felt the constraints of my capacity or when I felt it expand and I was like, oh, this is good. Both. Yeah. Because one one follows the other, right? Um, well, a big one for me was visibility or continues to be. Um, and I just remembered the moment <laughs> when I started my business and I put together my website and every morning I would go and check the analytics on my website. Right. Mm-hmm. And you'd see the little, little world maps and like, you know, two, two people from here. <laughs> like mm-hmm. two from here. And I would do, I call this in my mind, my little walk of doom because I would walk to my laptop and in my mind, my internal monologue would go, let it be zero visitors. Let it be zero mm-hmm. visitors. Just please be zero visitors. Like I just did not want anyone on there. And every morning I would do that and then I would go, go on there. And of course it wouldn't be zero visitors. It'd be, you know, however many. And then I, I kind of go through and I'd be like, okay, I probably know who this is. <laughs> you know, like, like early days, like first couple of weeks. Um, but there was just a part of me that felt so uncomfortable, so incredibly uncomfortable with the idea of being found and just mm-hmm. having zero control over that. And yeah, that was, and and continues to be a big topic for me. Um, although on a very different level today than than it was back then. And this is great. So we can get into like the the breakthrough part the of it. The degree of it, yes. But I love how you describe that feeling, just because uh, I like know the so walk. Many... You know, like really the step by step, and it's like. Oh God, I'm gonna be in front of that screen. And like I can viscerally, viscerally feel it right now. So terrible. Right. And it's like so many <sighs> people, it's it's interesting because it's like, well, of course you wanted to be seen and you wanted to be found. Because it like, would make sense, right? Like it would make sense when you own your own business. And yeah. <laughs> the only way for that business to survive is for people to find you and to be on your website, which for me literally is the only is kind of the bottleneck of every single one of my offers. It all goes through my website. But just the subconscious part, right? Again, the capacity part was just like, no, 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 no. I don't want any of this. So while strategically, I mean, I have the business education, I know how to do these things. Mm. Uh, this the capacity was so small that it it just wouldn't stick. It just, it overflowed right away. Right. And it's like, and I think this is so important just for people to know is like, it doesn't matter what your intention is or like what you Mm -hmm. know sometimes, like, because you're speaking to the exact point of like, well, of course I want to make money. I want to work with people. I want to be seen and found and like, but 
right? The conflicting desire is what you feel uncomfortable with or don't have capacity mm-hmm. for or what you're afraid of. So what was what was it for you like digging down into it? Like just that that uh, that discomfort of mm-hmm. being found? Like what was that for you and how did you increase your capacity? Yeah, I thought about this a lot in the lead up to this to this conversation because I was like, okay, how, how am I going to break this down? And here's what I think. And then I'd love to hear what your take on this. Because the way I see it is that people have natural inclinations and tendencies. And so my tendency just organically as a person is to be much more inward than outward. Mm-hmm. And I've always been this way. And it's not super black and white because I can also take up space. I've never had a problem with presenting or public mm-hmm. speaking. In fact, I, I know it's my thing. I quite enjoy it. I know I'm good at it. Um, however, I just really value like privacy a lot. So I would rather not have people know a whole lot about me unless I've told them myself, right? Which is where the control element comes in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Scorpio, Scorpio is quite loud. Um, like I will choose whom I trust enough and those things are kind of on a need to know basis with me. That's my natural proclivity, let's say. Um, and I, the way I think about it is that there is a parallel universe in which I can go through life with that and be fine and not come up against any barriers because my life path in that universe isn't requiring me to be more visible than what I'm naturally comfortable with. Um, and so, you know, there's different, you know, I look at my different charts and human design and in astrology, I can explain that natural tendency many different ways. But in this universe, right, I chose to be self-employed. Um, and I say I chose, but I also don't really believe that it was much of a choice. I feel like that was only ever the only trajectory for me in this universe. But Again, as we just said before, right, it's preferable and it's helpful when people know what you're up to. Again, as a projector in human design as well, which you are as well, there's another layer to this where our strategy is to wait to be invited and only then do we have what we need to show up to to dazzle and to be helpful um, and to show up and do our thing in a correct dynamic. So it's good when people know what you're available for and what you can be invited for. So that got me to a point where I had to wait the pros and cons and the the cost and the benefit. If I want to move forward with this business venture, then this is something that I need to work on or in my paradigm, what I need to build the capacity for. And so really how I think of it is less of a fear and more of just a natural inclination or a low capacity in this iteration of my life that again, in this universe is worth building the capacity for and overcoming my natural resistance for What yes. do you think? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, we're definitely going to, I mean, we're already diving into it, obviously, but yes, this is so cool. I love this angle that we're approaching. So <laughs> is, and I like how you brought in like the alternate, alternate universe possibility. Yes. And like, I'm so really what into I, that. <laughs> like, cause what I feel from you, like in your yeah. energy and your heart is, what you mentioned about it's like almost you don't have a choice. Yes. And so, and I know if not all, most people resonate with that because I resonate with mm-hmm. this too heavily. And especially if there's, everyone has this on some level, right? But especially in terms as of pro- being self-employed, you mean? 
like, yeah, just following your calling. Mm-hmm. Right. It's yeah. Like, like there wasn't another path. That yeah. thing didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, yeah. and I think this is where, whether you want to say purpose, dharma, fate, it's mm-hmm. like, obviously it's still a choice. Like you could, you know, go work for a company if you wanted to and kill it in that way. Um, but I yeah. resonate, <laughs> but you would enjoy it. I would just probably think like there's something missing because that's what I tried, right? I did kind of, I did the kind of hippie yoga teacher thing <laughs> in the tropics for a bit. And I was like, no, I'm missing something. And then I did the more corporate thing and I was missing something. So I don't, I don't know if I could have, to be honest. See, Maybe. see, this is great. I, I love this, right? And I guess I know so many people are just resonating with this because it's, mm-hmm. but that resistance you speak of is this is what I'm talking about of like conflicting mm-hmm. desires. Like we have yeah. this calling inside of us. Like I can feel it right now. It's like inside of me of like, um, in the same way, like I'm trying to think of an example. Mm-hmm. Like I'm similar to you in the fact that like it is easier for me to yeah. definitely be, you know, the listener, the observer, and like mm-hmm. have, you know, ask the questions and like that's, what I'm excellent at. I know you know that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also the fact of like just the other day, it was yesterday. This has been coming up a lot recently where it's like people, I mean, this has always happened where people just like naturally share to me, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm able to receive it because that's part of our design is just to be able to like hold that space for people and amplify it and, and amplify it. Yeah. And, but now right, I can feel like, man, like I, it's like, I want to speak, you know, like I want to shine. I want to dazzle, which I love that word. And it's, I have accepted, like I'm dazzling more than ever. I can truly say. Ben, it makes me so happy to hear. (laughs) And we can get into that too. Just about my process. Um, I've shared a little bit about it on the podcast, but Mm -hmm. it's just back to that calling, right? Of it's like, Obviously, you have a choice, but the choice is more suffering. It's not as fun. And so for you, right, to like, okay, like I have like, even though this is more uncomfortable, it doesn't feel as easy for me. I feel like this is my calling to -hmm. do this thing, to follow this path. I've tried these other things and it doesn't feel as good as what I'm doing now. So why I just want to point that out is because I know so many other people, it's like, have that calling inside of them it's you can't really explain it logically but it's it's just a feeling that we have inside of us um so do you know like we talked about like the just like the preferences and like for you it's being visible but at the same time maybe like not so much like fear-based what is the is it just the thought of or feeling of people seeing you or what is it? Do you know what yeah. about it makes you uncomfortable? Oh, I think about this so often and I, I kind of, I like to think about it in a way you, you and I have talked about how fascinating, right? Talked about what? Oh yeah. How, how fascinating. fascinating. Yes, yes. yes. So that's kind of the attitude. It's something that my teacher, Daniel sort of preached to us 10 years, 12 14 years ago now, probably, um, which is just the attitude of, can you go through life? And when something like this sort of crosses your way, can you 
just throw your hands in the air and go, how fascinating, how fascinating that that is happening. What is happening here? Instead of just contracting and going, oh my God, you know, this is terrible. And so I, I love to think about this. And one way that I can explain it really well, and I think this is where, you know, these, these personality frameworks such as human design and so on come in. Um, so in human design, I've got a second line profile, meaning which is um, the, my conscious line, which is the first one of the two. And the second line basically just means that I already already generally have this thing where anything external can just be a little bit of an imposition. I sometimes have to think this thing where it's like someone wants to hang out and it's like, yeah, that's cool. But it's also a bit of an imposition, mm-hmm. to be honest. And the second line, I mean, Ra, or who was the messenger creator of the human design system, I've heard him explain this so well. And, and I think any second line or strong second line um, can relate to that, where it's a second line sometimes just almost can't understand why people want something from them. Hmm. And they're like, can I just go about like doing my thing in here? But people just keep knocking on the door. It's kind of a weird thing. And it's probably hard to understand if you don't have that that inclination, Um, in particular when it's conscious, because you'll know that about yourself. Um, So that's one that's one part. And the way Ra explains it is that the second line is kind of like you're in the, um, do you say ground level, which is like the level that it's not the first floor, right? Like ground level is is where you would enter a building. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is very specific. doesn't matter. Basically, you're in a building and second line is like ground level. You're inside, the lights are on, outside it's dark. You have no curtains. So the people walking past the building can see inside. You're just inside cooking, whatever, doing your thing. And you're just having a great time by yourself, doing your thing. And people keep kind of just, you know, peeking in. And you're like, what? what is it that's so interesting? What is it that's going on here that you need to know about? And that's kind of like just a general, I don't know if this is relatable at all. I'm saying it out loud and I'm like, people are gonna, probably going to be like, yeah, I don't, <laughs> that's just you. <laughs> we don't have that. But um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the general vibe. <laughs> Versus, so you feel like it is just like, this is how I'm designed. Yeah, it's just my natural inclination. And there's, I mean, I've kind of double clicked more on the, um, maybe some of the more challenging parts of the second line. There's also a natural, you know, a tendency towards having some skill or or something that comes really organically to you. There's, there's a whole lot of cool things that come with it. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's part of something I've always known. And then a couple of years ago, I found the human design system. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um, in the end, I don't like to rely on the framework so much to give me, ex- you know, to kind of go, oh, well, I have this. So therefore, of course, I'm going to be like this. Like I like yeah. to grant myself the fluidity of maybe that's how I feel right now. Maybe tomorrow I'm not going to feel that way. Who knows? Like I don't want to sort of keep myself um beholden to a system so much but i do remember when i first learned about that i was like oh that does explain one thing that i was never quite able to articulate and that i know many people don't have 
to this degree. And even, you know, this is even not like a parenting, my family is not like this. My parents certainly are not like this. And we're at this point now that I'm in, I'm 34, I'm in my mid thirties, where my mom is understanding that I am so private that when people ask her about me, she's now at the point where she will say to the people, because I'm not present and people will be asked, you know, does she have a boyfriend? And she's now at the point where she's like, oh, you'll have to ask her yourself. But we have had to work for a long time Mm -hmm. to get her to this point because she couldn't understand it. And I know because, you know, people are well-meaning and so on. But for me, I just find it extremely uncomfortable. And I think someone wants to know something, they can just ask me. If they don't know, maybe it's because they don't need to know, (laughs) you know? Cool. So this is, I like this take, right? Because you're saying it's not so much like a fear or a limiting belief. It's like, this is just how, this is literally just, how I'm designed and what I prefer. I think it's a little bit of a mix of both, but I would say like the the foundation of it is that's who I am as a person. And then again, it was a, like a, a really conscious weighing of pros and cons of like, am I willing to get a little bit uncomfortable here? And I think you said it so beautifully before, like when you have the Dharma and you have that calling, it's like, yeah, it's going to be hard to ignore that at some point. Maybe you can do it for a couple of years. Um, and that's what I, I call this division that's pulling you. And for me, the vision that was pulling me was much stronger than my need to kind of stay within that organic tendency. Mm, so it's like, it okay, yeah, I'll, I'll figure this out. Like this is worth it. And it has been like beyond worth it. And, you know. <laughs> so this is, I love this, right? So I think there's, there is a difference and we're also unique and individual. And that's what I, how I try and approach it. It's like, obviously not everyone is the same right it's like some people is just like yeah like i enjoy privacy yeah like that and there's nothing wrong with that right and again there's a parallel universe in which i'm a librarian and like (laughs) i'm fine (laughs) you know i don't have to work on my visibility capacity so okay this is great so how did you know (laughs) right is like you talked about the, you know, going to the tropics, doing the yoga thing, doing the corporate yeah. job thing. Like those, how did you know that you wanted to be like, yes, you still have your preference for privacy, but how mm-hmm. did you know you wanted to be more public or more visible? And how do you know, you just said it's so worth it. So how do you know that too? Um, How do I know it's worth it? So yeah, so I guess, how did you know two, that you wanted questions. to be yeah. more public? Mm-hmm. And then why does it feel worth it? I'll ask the second, I'll answer the second one first because of, because of what I do now, because every day is wonderful because <laughs> of clients like you, right? Like this, there's barely a day that goes by where I don't think, oh my God, <laughs> this is, this is my life. Cause as, as I've said, or as I've alluded to, it hasn't always been like that. I mean, I've been supremely un- unhappy in past um, employment <laughs> situations, past jobs, and having this now, I'm like, yeah, I do get some a little bit uncomfortable. I suppose every once in a while. At this point, very rarely. Um, but I also know, you know, even when I say that, it's because I've the way I think of it is kind of like I've reached a good. I think you and I have talked about this. I've reached a good sort of capacity platform to to be from and to do business from and to live from. 
And if at some point I want to up that and I want to get to the next level, I will also need to increase my capacity again. So I'm kind of feeling like mm. I'm sort of just chilling on a little platform I've built myself. And then at some point it's going to get, it's going to be uphill again um, if I choose to do so, or if I choose to go in that direction. Um, so that's why it's worth it. And how did I know I wanted to do this? I just, again, I just couldn't, I just couldn't find the position I wanted. I was unhappy. It was either one extreme or the other. It was again, either I was like living in Bali, hosting yoga retreats in Morocco, which was wonderful. I, I'm so grateful for all those experiences, but then I wasn't able to really apply that very organized strategically thinking side of me that has this business education and then on the other side you know just sitting in an office having so much lag time between me having a creative input and that going through the appropriate channels and having to be approved by people like that is frustrating to me or it was and now to be able to be at a point where I'm like oh I had this idea and I also, I still have to be a little bit careful with that because, you know, open, open head centering mm-hmm. human design, there tends, there tend to be a lot of those and I can't pursue them all. But if there is an idea that I've deemed worthy or that I've kind of double checked is, is something that is a direction I want to go in, I can do that. There's no one else I need to ask. There's no one I need to gain approval from. And that freedom to me is worth it. And I can see how not everyone is suited to this because it comes with its downsides, right? Like you need to actually have the ideas, you need to be able to implement them and so on. But for me, the way I'm designed, this works. Mm-hmm. And for someone who, you know, whether it's their personality, their true personality, right? Because it's yeah. sometimes it's hard to discern. It's, yes. is this a trauma response? Is this my personality? Mm-hmm. Is this how I'm designed? It's, from That's what I've learned, it's point. it's all of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. Like for me, I can see like my natural go with the flow tendency is my personality. And mm-hmm. that's also like what has turned into fear, right? Because it's that's what mm-hmm. people see and like growing up, that's how it was shined of like, oh, Ben is just so chill mm-hmm. and so go with the flow. And so that's so what that I'm recognizing. So it's reinforced. And Mm -hmm. so then I'm afraid not to be that. Right. So it's like, it's both, right? It's like, yes, that's my personality, but also there's some, Mm -hmm. some fear associated with that. Mm -hmm. How did you... Sometimes you almost can't give yourself. That's again, where I find these, these frameworks interesting is when they show you something that you look at and you're like, oh no, that's not me at all. And then you sort of peel back the layers. Maybe a few years later, you come back to and you're like, oh, I just didn't realize that I had that. I just never gave myself permission to be that. Mm-hmm. How did you, Nadia, real quick before I ask the next question. So yeah. what is, so just take me through like a brief, like resume. So like school, like give me the timeline yeah. of, of, and like going to Bali and then like business school, all the things. Yes. Um, so I did, I mean, I don't know what these things are called in, in English, like what the, the equivalents are, but I did like, I'm already struggling with the first thing. <laughs> like school. I just went to school. I suppose high school. Like, um, and then I um I started studying um languages. So I did English literature, German literature, and French. Um, hated it. 
funnily enough, because I was always like languages were my favorite topic, but then I just realized like, oh, this is not, this is much too, um, what's the word? Um, like theoretic, it's, it's theoretical. Mm-hmm. It's not sort of what I'm interested in is, is, you know, speaking them and, and I am interested in literature, but it just wasn't for me. So then I decided, okay, I'm going to do something else. Um, in the meantime, this is where it gets a bit blurry because now I'm at that age where it's like, you know, we're not talking like years, we're talking decades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was a long time ago. Um, I then went to Costa Rica, learned Spanish, uh, found my first serious yoga teacher. And I was like, okay, I want to learn more about this. From Costa Rica, called my mother and I was like, I think I'm going to go to India. And she's like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, sure. We can talk about this when you get home. I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to do this. Um, So then I went and in between, like I'd be home, I'd be working like three jobs, <laughs> work like at an office, then go work at a bar, then like write for a magazine. Like I was just working, mm. working, working for months at a time. So I could just go and leave again. And um, then I went to India to study uh, yoga in at an ashram in the mountains in the south of India. Um, this is all making it sound like, you know, super fun and like exciting. There were problematic aspects to this. There were things that were not fun or glamorous or cool at all. <laughs> this is, you know, we don't have to, um, this is, it's beyond the scope of this conversation, but I just want to be really mindful of like, you know, sometimes it sounds like, oh, then you go to Bali and then you go to, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, no, this was sometimes, you know, these, these experiences are um, difficult as well. Uh, although I did also have a wonderful time and yeah, studied a lot, a lot, a lot. Then, um, a couple years into that, um, started training to teach yoga myself, um, went back to Costa Rica and was teaching there. I think that was my first yoga teaching job. So I would teach, um, at my friend's surf school and just, I mean, when I think back, it's it's like a different life. Like I'd go surf in the mornings and then teach a class and then teach another class later. And that was kind of it. And just drink a bunch of coconuts and <laughs> that was honestly it. And then like go to the internet cafe and like <laughs> update my blog. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um and my Facebook status, because <laughs> that was a, a real thing at the time. And then I did, then I went to school. Then I was like, no, now see, because then I went super far in that direction. So then at some point I was hosting uh, yoga retreats in Morocco. I was teaching in Bali. Um, Then I also found my first subconscious teacher. Well, my very first um, sort of, what would you call it? Experience with that was 2009 when my teacher, Daniel, who also gave us How Fascinating, introduced um, us to an NLP sort of master teacher. So Daniel, so this is in like school or this is your first? This is my spiritual teacher. And you just found him just through fate? He was in Bali. Okay. Yes. I mean, this was all, because this was like 2008, 2009, 2010, it's very different. I don't know when Instagram came onto the scene. I certainly didn't have it back then. 
And, you know, you kind of like you, obviously the internet existed and you could look things up and you could, maybe there were some reviews, but it's not like today where like everything is highly reviewed and you can Mm -hmm. find the people, you know, you can be like, ratemyashram.com like am I gonna go to this one does this have the better rating like I the ashram I found in India I just I mean to the to the minute I arrived there I didn't know whether it actually existed or whether I you know would just turn up somewhere in the mountains and be like yeah tough luck like this wasn't we just had a nice website you kind of there was a lot of like a leap of faith with a lot of these things um, and so, yeah, subconscious, God, I want to make this short because I feel like people are already getting tired of this origin story, my villain origin story. Um, and then uh, found my first subconscious teacher, like I was taking my first couple of courses and stuff. This was all in Bali. And then I just felt like, okay, I'm really like far in this direction. And there was a part of me that's like, yeah, but I also love business and I love Mm, like the, the, there's a part of my brain that wasn't being tickled that wasn't yeah. being like challenged and so I I went home and I was like well I'm gonna go to school for this like I want to learn how to to do this I want to learn more about business and and particularly the creative field and, and creative applications of business so again I specialized in a more interdisciplinary field there's a lot of design thinking there's user-centered design there's different ways of you know, it's not sort of the old paradigm of business of this and this and this. It's more putting the user at the center of any processes. And I did that and I loved that. And then again, there was a part of me that was dead during those years because I was studying. Like when I do something, right, I'm like fully in. I would read up on it, on things. I would study a lot. Didn't have time to like do three hours of yoga every day, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably I mean I probably did meditate a little bit but not not to the degree that um I had before and so again there is a part of me that's just like oh this like yeah like I'm I'm just the part that that just in German we say um it was like too short it wasn't it wasn't equal um and then that's when I realized like I need to, I mean, then I worked a couple jobs and I tried different things, but at some point I just realized like, if I want to merge that, my best bet is to just create that. And also I just like to depend on myself with a lot of things. So that, that didn't seem super scary. That seemed more like tempting and, and seductive, that notion of like, oh. Because then I can do it the way I want it. Mm-hmm. So this is really cool. I appreciate you explaining it because yeah. right there are so many twists and turns and adventures <laughs> and, and experiences. And you know what I really, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what I really want to um, highlight, because I know that at the point that I'm at right now, again, I can make it sound like, oh, and then I did this and then I did this. But there were times when I was in a deep crisis. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I thought this was the thing I was going to do. Now I'm doing it. I'm not happy or I'm not fulfilled. I'm not fully fulfilled. What else am I going to do? And then, you know, to to even muster the courage and, and the faith and the energy again to try something different. Because um, I know I have clients who are in these stages right now. And mm-hmm. I always say it's 
it's easy to look back when things have come full circle and to go, oh, I can understand how every single station along this path needed to happen. But I also know from my own experience, it's really hard when you're in that and you think, oh my God, did I just waste like five years of my life doing something yeah. that I'm now not even doing? You know, but then 10 years later, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that I took the time to do this course because this is part of what I'm now doing with my clients. But sometimes when you're in the midst of it, you're like, how is this ever going to make sense? Exactly. And I so appreciate that, you. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you pointing that out, right? Because it's not just like, I went here and then I went here. It's like, obviously. And I was just you, guided by my intuition and I never second guessed myself. <laughs> like, no. And then you have to, right? Because the other thing is then you need to kind of um, account for that in front of others. So, you know, like your parents are going to have opinions on that. Your your partner, if you have one, your friends. Um, and if you're, you yourself are unsure, <laughs> you know, you don't always have that strong inner conviction, although I do often have it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's kind of no one guiding the way. Like you have to be the person that's like, no, listen, I'm going to do this even though maybe not everyone is on board with this, but here's what I'm deciding. And sometimes that's hard to do when you yourself are unsure. This is cool, right? And I feel like all that ties in perfectly to my next question would be like, how did you start your business? Because why I just want to point out of like, yeah, you don't like, I'm just curious, right? Because it's like, people think that you have to like, when you pointed out the, um, like the 2008 thing, right? Like obviously people have had businesses before Instagram or Facebook or even Google existed, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So it doesn't mean you have to rely on them. So I'm curious, like, so how did you start your business? And then for people who are like, who maybe have that same preference as you of like, yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's a different thing, right? Cause it's like, yes, if you're feeling resistance, Mm -hmm. is it feeling resistance because you feel called to do the thing? Mm-hmm. and you're not doing it now or is it just like you're honoring your true preference so yeah i'm curious to know like how have you because you specialize in strategy and like yeah. structured your whole business of like hey i'm not going to show everything i do every day or like i don't yeah. need tens of thousands of followers like in honoring like the way that works for you yeah well how i started my business is imperfectly very imperfectly and i think that's important because I have lots of clients who are like, yeah, I'm almost, I'm almost ready. I'm almost at the point where I'm going to go outward with it. I just want to go over the copy once more and maybe get one more certification and also get the website like really polished. And I remember my like shitty WordPress website that I started. with. <laughs> like I couldn't hack it. And it just, I wish I had some screenshots. <laughs> it's great. But it doesn't, I think these things, these are, when I hear that, you know, to some degree, of course, we want for things to make sense on the strategic level and to be user, user focused and, and have a good user experience. And, um, but I think these things are secondary. I think at some point you just need to start. And that's, that's what I did one day to the next. I was like, I'm just going to do it. And I just set up with PayPal and this this website and I sat down in my little Hogwarts armchair and Mm -hmm. spent the afternoon just putting the website together and then I put it on on my personal Facebook which um, I'm not even on Facebook anymore and then I then I was dying my first death because then was the moment of like oh no (laughs) now people are actually going to be on it 
Um, but I will say, actually, I did have people reach out to me because I had been working with people before that. And I did have people reach out to me before I even had the website. So I also think that's important to know that you can have a business without even having a website. Yeah. What would you say, like, whether that's energetic or I'm not sure how you would describe that for someone who does want to have a more private, because a lot of the things nowadays, right, is like, you have to have this thing on Instagram. Like, yeah. How would you describe the structure of or energetics of that? Yeah. I think it makes sense to have a website. Me personally, I know you can, and I know it works without one. I think it makes sense to have one. Like, if I were to, decide between two people that I potentially would want to work with and one has a website and one doesn't and one has like no information that can be found I'm probably going to go with the person who can find some information um but I think that there's a lot that you can play with and there's a lot that you can be creative with and also a little bit audacious and just be like you know what I'm going to do it this way because that actually works for me much better um and that's like one of the ways. So one of the things that I really like to do is email. I think it's like a medium that I just love it. I even love it in a non-business context. I love receiving like a fun email from a friend that that someone has put in a lot of time and effort to write, I think is wonderful. And I know it's often considered a cold medium, um, but I actually find it quite, quite personal and intimate because you have to think that you you pop into people's inboxes. And at some point you're going to be at the top of that inbox, maybe not very long, depending on how much stuff they subscribe to. But um, so I really like that. And that works for me because it's intimate and it's almost like a sort of like a conversation that you're having with someone different from Instagram. Um, But still it's kind of like its own container that's a way that's not, it's not happening on a public stage. So that's one of the ways that, you know, I think you can design for your preferences. Um, I have a, a course that I teach for service-based business owners and we do an entire module. I call it the who, because the, the whole structure is the who, whom, what, and how of, of the service um, offer. And the who is all about you as a service provider. And we do an entire module on that because I want to make sure that whatever you come up with in your what and in your how is aligned with who you are as a person. Because it makes no sense to come up with this entire funnel and this entire idea of like, I'm going to do free like masterclasses every month and I'm going to do whatever, you know, some of the clients come to me and I look at their existing offerings and it's. And like the packages they have on their website that people could sign up for. And it's like this and this and this and this many sessions and then unlimited voice support in between. And then if you need an emergency call, you can have that as well. And then we do that. And it's a ton of things. And then I talk to this person. They're like, I'm overwhelmed by this. I don't actually want to do that. I feel like I have to because that's what I've seen other people do. And I just think if you as a service provider, as a business owner can take that responsibility back and go actually let me check in first with my own preferences and make sure that I build something that's still you know next part of the next module is going to be the who so it's going to be about the clients are we going to make sure there's a a fit between the product or the the service and the client and the provider like it all needs to, to to work but it needs to start with you if you're building something that you cannot sustain or that you don't want to really go through because of your natural tendency 
then it's either you're not going to do it. uh, You're never going to talk about your offers because you don't want anyone to sign up or you're going to be very unhappy providing them. Neither of those are, you know, preferable. Mm, Yeah. And I love how you brought that. That's one thing I learned from you, actually. Oh, of uh, the um yeah like listing like you don't have to list so many like no like here are all the bonuses you receive yes. you know? it's like if it well because undefined heart right i mean i look at someone's chart in human design you have it i have it our natural tendency is going to be like what else can i give them mm-hmm. uh what else can i do to make sure that people know that this is worth it but yes. it's like sometimes if you can come back to yourself and go actually you know yeah it's actually taken me like since i learned that from you it's been like a slow ramp down because like because the business world right is like give them all the fucking bonus you know and it's like overwhelm them so they can't say no oh my gosh it's overwhelming and sometimes it makes sense like i love a bonus i love these things uh, where it's like oh you can also do this and this could be fun but it's in the end, you know, the idea that I love, I don't know if we've talked about this, but minimum viable service, minimum viable product. Like what is the bare bones thing that this person, customer, client needs to get from A to B? What is the promise you're making and what do you need to deliver to do that? And then you can add on if it feels good. But it's not, it can't come from a place of you thinking you need to fill some sort of void because that void is never going to be filled if you're not (laughs) feeling like your offer is worthy from the Mm -hmm. get-go. And I think you just said right what what the key was is like is the do you believe it is good enough as is yeah right and I think that's the key or like are you trying to put all these bonus bonuses on to convince yeah. people that it's worth it because that's where I was coming from yeah and can yeah. you allow people can you allow the offer a little bit of a moment to just kind of chill by itself and you know because sometimes we have it out and then it's like crickets day one whatever and then right away again with the undefined heart in particular you go into sort of problem solving mode you're like okay let me let me add on but like can you give it a little bit of time to just acclimate because it's like you've talked about this right it's like a baby like they need a little bit of time they're like just born on earth like let them let's give them a moment to acclimate yeah that really is so me so how did for you who like your preference of doing business in the way that you do it. How mm-hmm. did you start um, getting the word out or getting clients? I know you said you had yeah. clients before. Yeah. But, and I know it's as a projector, definitely I know podcasts have helped you, but I'm curious yeah. in other ways, how have you structured your business like beyond the Instagram world to mm-hmm. receive, you know, incoming invitations and clients and such? Mm-hmm. So one thing I want to mention um, cause I mentioned the second line in my profile before, and I just want to make sure that I'm very clear on that is, um, I'm a two, four in my entire profile. So you'll never have the second line without also having an interpersonal pole to anchor that. So the fourth line, which is my other one is the networker and the connector. So there is a push and pull. Um, and cause again, as I said, in the beginning, I feel fine being the center of attention to some degree. I could speak in front of thousands of people. It's no big deal. But I also really like being able to just do my thing without having too many eyes on me when I when I choose to do it. And I'm discerning. Um, so I do have the, the connector and the kind of networker energy in there as well. 
And I find that, as you already said, podcasts have been amazing. So I love when people invite me on them. And then I will, you know, decide whether that feels like a, uh, the right invitation for me, which is really important for projectors because it's not always, sometimes it's um, the idea of the invitation of like, oh, yes, I've always wanted to be on a podcast. Mm-hmm. But you need to really, sometimes in, in kind of the, you can get lost in that <gasps> excitement, but it's important that it's really a true yes. So I've certainly said no to, to certain things or certain invitations. Um, but that has been amazing because I really do only go on the ones that <laughs> I'm excited about. And so I think these conversations really resonate. Um, and so often, because I have this, I and mean, you know this, I have this form that people fill in before we talk for the very first time. It's quite in depth. And I have this one question that's like, how did you find me? And so often it's like, oh, I listened to you on Naomi's podcast and then I binged all your other podcasts. And then, you know, I kind of just knew I wanted to work with you. So that has been amazing. Um, Instagram actually has been great. And I think Instagram is a great tool. Again, you get to decide how you use it. I mean, I've had like six months at a time where I wouldn't even post anything. Mm -hmm. I would just show up on stories, even on stories, you know, I mean, you've seen my stories. It's like, here's my walk. (laughs) And and then I'll talk about a client a little bit, but I don't have like a strategy or anything. I'm not like, oh, it's Monday. Got to share a client win. (laughs) I don't do that. Um, when, When I have something that's being sparked, I will talk about it sort of self-projector projector style but um I'm also just showing up as as who I really am and what I really do which for me quite often is just here's the walk I'm taking and here's the cake I'm baking and (laughs) here's the book I'm reading um and that's fine for me so Instagram and then as I said the the newsletter um and what I find really interesting, and I do really recommend that to most of my clients are, will recommend it here, is when you do, when you use uh, an email service provider and you sort of start growing your email list is to really segment from the beginning so that you get an understanding of sort of the journey that people have taken with you. So whenever I would teach a free class or just have some sort of offer out there, when someone comes in through that, they will be popped in that little segment of that thing. And then after a while, right, when you when you look at one particular person, it gives you this whole visual understanding of what they already have been through with you. Um, so sometimes I see when someone signs up to work with me one or one-on-one, and I kind of maybe recognize the name from somewhere and I see, because it all works for me, it all works through my email service provider. I use Flowdesk. Um, and I sent them an email, I see all the segments and I see like, oh my God, this person has been with me since like 2019. They've mm-hmm. taken this class. They've taken this class. They've done this offer with me. They've been in this group. Um, they've, they're also a projector because they're also on my projector list. And um, they've done, you know, this thing last year. And you kind of see how someone has built trust with you and without us ever having a one-on-one interaction. And I find that so interesting. And I think that gives you a lot of insight into what it is that um, will propel someone to work with you. So it's really good information for, for a business owner to have. Dang. Yeah, that, that is very helpful. So, and it's cool, right? It's like, oh, wow, someone's been in, in this galaxy for, for a while. Yeah, that's one thing. That was definitely a shadow aspect of myself of like, I'm only going to show up when it's time to sell. 
Yeah. Versus like, like my big theme of my this year is like sustainability and like nurturing. And I know that's what, you know, we worked on together even Mm -hmm. is like, not just like a flash in the pan and then see ya. Like I'm disappearing. Yeah. Cause you had to recover because selling was, took so much out of you that you literally had to go and rest. Yeah. And it's, if you could just give practical tips, of course, like I'd encourage anyone who's feeling called to please go ahead up Nadia. I'll include all her links in the description. But what are just like practical, like, hey, I want to increase my capacity mm-hmm. for money. Like, what's a simple practice someone could do on their own? Can we do one visibility one that just popped into my mind first that I did? That's kind of like a really good example. And then I'll think of another one for money as well. And this works perfectly, I think. Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because um, one thing I did, because when I was uh, kind of the natural progression I see, and this is what I'm working on right now, actually, is going to be my next offer. Well, I mean, I'm working on it. It's taking me a while. But um, the natural progression I see is people work one-on-one, right? And then they kind of start um, feeling more comfortable. And they're like, ooh, I would actually be super fun to work with a group on this and I could reach more people and not put in that many hours. Like, you know, having to work with 30 people one-on-one versus doing this in a group. And that is a capacity jump because being in a one-on-one call, you can do a lot of (laughs) in the moment problem solving. You can do a lot of in the moment pivoting. Being in a group call with 30 people, that's going to already bring up your stuff. Being in a group call with 500 people, which I've been, and like you being the presenter, that's going to bring up, right? So you have to get your capacity ready for that. So you don't go into that situation and then collapse and be like, I'm never going to do this again. Or like one person says something critical, which you know what? You don't know what's going to happen. You cannot control people. <laughs> Once the Zoom room is like, you know, it's the you know, people can say whatever they want, and you have to have the capacity and what I call the spine. I think we've talked about this as well to be the owner of that room and to sort of have the boundary around that. So there's also something about boundary capacity here. But one thing I did and that I super recommend is, um, when I was ready to start teaching and start working with groups, I didn't immediately go into just open, like whoever wants to come. I started working with just my clients. So I offered these um, free classes or free, I call them deep dives to just my clients. So just my one-on-one clients, this was years and years ago. And just the people I'd already worked with, because I only have wonderful clients and I already trust these people. Like the trust is already established both ways. So I just sent them the link. Like, if you want to sign up, cool. And then it was always an amazing group and the conversations that happened because it was already kind of like an an inbuilt safety, right? Because it wasn't like, oh, I don't even know who's in this room. Um, And I did this for quite a while until I felt like this is like inching the capacity, like expanding Mm -hmm. it really slowly until I was like, okay, I think I could bring this outward. Like, let's let me do this with with another audience. And I sometimes tell this to clients, like if you feel uncomfortable on Instagram, can you, I'm a big proponent of if you need to block people, like, you know, sometimes how like you're particularly worried about one person and this is always yeah. different for people. Like for me as well, I'm not so worried about strangers, like, you know, whatever. But usually it's like the people I went to high school with. <laughs> Or whatever. Like sometimes I have one client with her. It's actually her husband. 
He's like, no, I'm totally fine with whomever seeing this, this side business of mine. But if my husband were to be on this website, I would hate that because that criticism would hurt the most, right? So I think if you need to block someone in the beginning, do it. Whatever you need to do to feel safe so that you can actually start to show up and start practicing. Um, if you need to do close friends only, that's an amazing way to do it. I think that's a great feature. All of these things. And then again, if you want to just do a, a newsletter and then you know who these people are that you're writing to. And that maybe I know of a few clients who are doing that and who have great success with that. Because again, that's kind of, um, you have more control over that. Mm, and I think this is such the duality of what we've been talking about, right? Is mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I need to inch my capacity. Yeah. And, and there are strategic things I can do to cater to my tendency. Yeah, right. Or to cater like, to my preference. Yeah. And it's yeah. because then it's like, well, okay. Then like, I think people know it's like, okay, when am I, when am I, like hiding, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, am I hiding? And like, I love how the theme of this is like visibility. Yeah. Um, especially as, you know, projectors and just in general, like it is scary just to put yourself out there. It um, is. It really is. To be seen, to be vulnerable to all the things. I actually didn't realize how scary it was until I started this business. Like people, yeah. you, people don't know because <laughs> this is a whole different thing. Like you, don't, you don't realize until you have this, until you have a website that can be found, until you have a, a presence that can be found, until you have a, some sort of platform that people get to have an opinion on and that people get to give you feedback on, well-meaning as it may be, <laughs> you know, you, it's hard to imagine. Yeah, because it's, I mean, resist those things, right? And yeah. subconsciously, we might not even know why we're pushing those things away because it's like, well, I don't want feedback. Um, well, I whatever. think the fear of criticism is, I think, a really what I observe it often goes back to, like, I just want to be part of the group. I don't want to stick out because that increases my chances of being seen, but also being criticized, being being removed from the group. If if I'm seen to be doing something or saying something that they don't agree with. And you know, the, the need for belonging is, is strong and innate in all of us. I think it often comes back to that. For sure. And so I'd love to, in the last few minutes we have, can't yeah. do super deep unless you really want to, but I know you have <laughs> friends awaiting dinner. Yes. Of <clears throat> What do you feel like is your next stretch like as a person yeah. who really owns and teaches you know capacity and subcon subconscious mm -hmm. capacity and like inching that capacity in your comfort zone what mm -hmm. is your next like okay this this is my edge that i'm uncomfortable with and i'm mm -hmm. being called to it i've thought about this for a bit and i can't pinpoint it exactly but i know the kind of person that i want to be and Ooh. i'm willing to do what it takes to get there as as a business owner, as a service provider, and as kind of the work that I do, which is actually would be super helpful if I knew this word in English. <laughs> I've looked it up uh, before, but I, I don't know that a really good translation exists. I'm just going to try to explain it, describe it. Maybe you can come up with the word. It's like, I think part of it has to do with age and experience. Like 
I'm actually really like sometimes like, oh my God, I can't wait to like be 50 and do this yeah. work. Because imagine how like how much more experienced I'm going to be and the things that I will have overcome by then. I mean, I'm I'm excited any age, you know, I'm excited now. <laughs> I don't have a problem with the age that I'm at now, but like there's something about the place that I want to be that's like, I want my clients to really know that like nothing can shake me or nothing can really rock me. Mm. I mean, of course, you know, life happens. Like I don't, I will never know that, that that will be the case. But I think just the sense of I've got myself to the degree that you can kind of hit me with pretty much anything here. Um, and I've got my boundaries in place. Um, I can advocate for you. I can advocate for myself when I need to. Do you know what I'm talking about? So as far as like, if clients were to bring up their own stuff, so not necessarily, so like you can hold whatever they're bringing up. Yes. And I find, I mean, now I'm thinking, have I ever not been able to do that now? But I find I'm most effective when I work with someone who works on something that I've also had to overcome because I know Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I can tell you that this can be done. I've done this. Or I can tell you this can be done because I've done this with another client. That also works. Um, I just think like the the life experience that I'm going to get in that time, but also just like, you know, like the continued work that I do on myself, that I do on a personal level for my business. It's all always, always, always towards that point. And with that goal of, I want to be like the most trustworthy that I can be. Um, I want, I kind of just envision it as like, I just want to hold, you know, like, um, we do this here and at Christmas time, like you have a little candle and it's, it's lit, there's a flame. And I just want people to know that like my, this flame is going to be lit and it's, this is solid. This is not going to just be blown out. And if they need to, they can come and light their own candle here, you know? Mm. And like, this is something that can be just depended on. I'm not going to. There's, I'm not at risk of like collapsing into my own stuff. And then when someone needs me or like, oh no, she's dealing with her. Like, you know, like that's that kind of solidity. That's really what I aspire towards. Mm, So the solidity. So like, how does this visibility relate to that? Or how does, what is your stretch or like your, how's your capacity being stretched? I think just, the the things that I see that need to happen or that are continuously happening for me to get there, which I'm now wondering, is there even a there? Like it's probably <laughs> just gonna be a process. You know, am I gonna if we do part two in, in 15 years from now, am I gonna be like, well, now I've made it? Um but the what I see is sort of is the work is just really addressing the things that are coming up within me, which I don't know what all of that is gonna be. Um from now till then but I mean I'm, I'm I do my own capacity work right with my own mentor and every single thing I do even when I do it for more like personal life things I can always see how it makes me more trustworthy because it it centers me more within myself where there's just like you know when you have like a solid person in front of you there's just as a client, you can lean into that and you don't have to sort of go, oh, can I lean a little bit, but I don't want to overwhelm them. I'm like, no, hmm. you can lean. And if it is overwhelming, I can speak up. So you don't actually have to worry, you know? 
that kind of solidity. Mm, so it's more so like... It's like different things. I don't know if I'm explaining it well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're explaining it. And like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just curious, like, does anything... Yeah. Does, does it feel uneasy or what parts of it feel mm. uneasy to you? It doesn't feel uneasy. It just feels like it's going to be a life's work. Like it's going to be going to be just years of doing what it takes to get there there's there's nothing where i'm like oh yeah but i'm gonna have to address this and this feels uncomfortable because again i kind of don't i'm I'm probably pragmatic as i am (laughs) i'm gonna treat it the same way that i did with the visibility where i'm gonna be like here's the cost benefit analysis of me dealing with this because i want to get again it's the vision pulling me so this makes sense for me to to work on when it comes up, once it comes up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's essentially, you're not getting caught up in it until it comes up. Yeah, I would say so. Because right with the capacity ceilings, I mean, you know this and I know this. You will know. Once it gets uncomfortable, you will know. So probably when I have like my next big strategy up level and I'm like, okay, now I want to do more or like I want to earn more or I want to have more impact that's probably when I'm going to hit my next capacity level uh, my next capacity ceiling and I'm going to be like yeah but that's kind of uncomfortable because I've never done that kind of the way I was doing it was super comfortable should I just keep doing that then there's going to be a voice in me that's like no like let's do this and then I'll have to work on it and I just always know that I have never shied away from doing that work and I know that Mm. neither have you and that willingness that's sort of that's all I need to know. Like, I don't really need to know the steps so much. Rather, just knowing that I know I'm always going to be willing to do that. I love that. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Like, the willingness really is just mm-hmm. like, it's pretty much everything. Yeah. Because if you're and it's willing. Nice. It's like, it's nice to work with people like that, right? Like, <laughs> it's like, like my mentor, probably like her best student client. <laughs> I mean, probably not. But I know that you know, I mean, working with you obviously has been delightful. Working with people who just, they're not conflicted about wanting to do this. I know it's sometimes it's not easy, but like they're fully in. That mm-hmm. is, that is wonderful to work with. Yeah, I love that. And it's, and it's cool just to feel into the, like the confidence of that. Mm-hmm. And also just the presence that you have in this moment, because mm-hmm we definitely can get caught up in like, I always want to do more or I always yeah. more impact, more money or like stuff like that. Will you just mm-hmm. touch on like, it the seems being. like you are, it's like this interesting duality of being comfortable, like being content mm-hmm. and enjoying where you're at versus, totally. so versus like, un, like unnecessarily just stirring shit up. So why does mm-hmm. now feel like, like a moment of, like, hey, I don't need to like super stretch myself right now mm-hmm. or, versus like that time will come. Yeah. I don't need I think because I've done a lot of, of of that stretching. Again, I think of it as like a capacity platform that I'm kind of just chilling on for the moment <laughs> and nothing major has announced itself. Um, but I've done a lot of capacity work because I've had to, right? Like there, there were, I mean, we've talked about the visibility thing. I needed to wrap my head around having a website. <laughs> um, there were launches that I didn't want to go through with because I didn't have the capacity to deal with them. There were launches where I was like, should I launch just to the wait list? 
because that I have control over. Mm. Like that, that was years and years and years of capacity work. And now, because as I always say, like the capacity you have, you're not going to lose that. No one's going to take that from you. You can, that is yours to work with and do with as you please. And I think it's also important when we engage in all of this work to, to have that moment of like, this is so nice to just be, just be here and just enjoy this. Like there doesn't always have to be this next goal that we need to chase after. Like we're doing this self inner work to enjoy these more developed selves, right? Wait, now you're saying (laughs) we're here to enjoy ourselves in our life. I know it's a really foreign concept. (laughs) Because it is right, like it is, my astrologer says this. Because he's he's an elderly, <laughs> he's a what is he like two generations above mine, and he always says like you know your generation. Like I sometimes feel bad for you guys because that that need to always optimize yourselves and to always mm-hmm. get better and do more, and that has opened my eyes a lot to just you know life is short. Like I. I just want to make sure that I'm not getting caught up in especially being in this industry and working in this partly um in in this industry where you you just get so used to it that you just feel like you always have to engage in self-development work yeah. and there's always more to do. Like no, you can also enjoy your developed self for a bit and just <laughs> like have some fun. <laughs> Man, I love that. And I think that's like a beautiful way to Mm. wrap it up and yeah just to like i mean i have i'm sure lots of people listening can relate to that especially like obviously like for myself i can speak my, for myself right of like mm. wanting to be the best and going to the next yeah. level and da, 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 da. Right. and just like but the moments that i have had fun have honestly mm. been more impactful than the times that it's like okay let's do more deep work like honestly yeah. Like the times, you know, like to enjoy, I like how you said, enjoy our developed selves instead of just yeah. like, okay, let's continue developing. Cause that's, it, I imagine even just that like. That takes a lot of stamina as well. And yeah, you need like, to recharge. Yeah. Like wait, and there's nothing wrong with even like that recharging, right? Or even no, like enjoy a filled cup. And then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, let me go get a bigger container now to fill. Yeah. If you feel the need, right? And I mean, I can tell you, I've received so many messages just from people who kind of hang out in what I call the galaxy of my business, whether that's my personal or projectors invited. And I just received DMs from people going, I can just tell that you are having so much fun with this. And I'm like, you know what? I am. And this is a very, do you say far cry in English? Kind of like a big Far cry, yes. Far cry from, you know, my last, and uh, employment where you know last time I was employed with a superior <laughs> where I was just miserable pretty much 80 to 90 percent of the time like having this I don't know why I wouldn't be having fun because it was pretty it was pretty amazing that is awesome well Nadia thank you for mm-hmm. sharing for yeah just letting us into your into your world and into your mind and into your heart um it's cool just to hear about all the well i guess my takeaway is like the soft self-honoring ways of like um 
just exploring self and doing the work or doing business in like your way. And when I say your, not just like Nadia's way, but the individual's way. Yeah, like respectfully to towards your own system, right? Towards your own self. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it is so noisy. Yeah. Out there in these self-help streets. Yeah. I mean, I have to tell you, I, it's not so noisy where I am because I don't even look <laughs> at this point. I'm very discerning with what I take in. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm, I've come a long way, but that's still something I'm refining just because it is like you and I, and I imagine a lot of people listening, like we literally take it in. Yeah. And so yeah. we do have to be very um, discerning of even just looking at something. It's like sucked in. Mm-hmm. And then, cause you also have tons of undefined centers as do I. So there's so much potential for for that input to sort of yank us in a in a direction that that is not really where we need to be or that is not really our true self speaking so yeah it's a process right and this is going to be probably lifelong and i'm okay with that (laughs) (laughs) i think that's the cool part right is like it is lifelong like how cool is that and you you're not going to mess it up you you know in the end there's just what you did and there wasn't like this was right this was wrong so for people who want to go jump into your galaxy where should they go it's nadiagabrielle.com is my website which i haven't i will just and this is going to be the perfect bookend i haven't checked the analytics in years which is also not like a sound business thing to do but for me it's like a personal triumph because again i used to do this little walk of doom so feel free to be on there it's not going to freak me out um instagram is underscore at nadia gabrielle no at underscore nadia gabrielle for my personal capacity work and strategy work and then i have a little space on projectorsinvited.com and projectors invited on instagram just for human design projectors where we like to gather and have fun yeah and i think yeah just a little note on the projectors invited would you i mean i've what is it just memes or how would you describe like the page, I guess? Yes. So the the Instagram is memes. I like I like to think of them as like educational memes. <laughs> Cause sometimes I receive messages that are like, oh my God, this meme has t- taught me more than like an entire course on this topic. Like I've seen it visualized and this makes sense to me. And then there's a a whole email structure behind that. So I don't know. Are you on those? Are you on that list? I don't think I am on that list, but I've looked so at the page. I've um, I've put together kind of like a little mini education on projectorism that you receive when you sign up for the email list, which is automated, and you know you get an email every couple of days that sort of here's here's a little tidbit, here's here's a resource, here's an audio. Um, just for people to learn more and more and more and to kind of get comfortable with these ideas and explore because the entire system is meant to be explored and experimented with. There's no part of it that is meant to just be taken on and like, okay, guess this is what it is. It's like, oh, how fascinating, right? Something for me to play with. Is this, does this feel right? Does this feel good? Um, I probably, you know, I sometimes think like for someone who kind of works with the system a lot, I'm, certainly not one of the people who depend on it all that much. It has given me a lot of insight and a lot of permission, but 
I'm, I'm also pragmatic enough to kind of go, you know, just take what, what makes sense and leave the rest. Like I would never want anyone to, to kind of just leave behind their, what would we call it? Like what they know in, in favor and replace it with, with an external system. I think that's really important to just kind of keep that in mind. And if none of it makes sense to you, I think that you can also have a wonderful life without that. <laughs> I don't think that, you know, you, you need any of that. But for many people, it has proven extremely helpful just to understand some of those things. And it's kind of just like a little little treasure map or a little like path, um, like it, what's it called? Like a... Oh, you know, the, the sign that shows you which direction to go. What's that called in English? Like a, a compass? <laughs> Something like that. Yes. Yes. Compass is actually even better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need to read some more books. Um, yeah. So that I think is fun. It's fun to use it as. So the emails I think are, are really cool. I've put a lot of work into them and people always email me and I'm like, okay, this is amazing. Thank you so much. And then, um, there's some classes, some on-demand classes on there. And I try to do more. I mean, if you saw like my, my folders that I have, I have like so many ideas of things that I want to do with it, but I'm also just one person. I have to be extremely deliberate and uh, discerning with my energetic output. So I understand. (laughs) I know you do. (laughs) Well, thank you, Nadia. Truly, truly. And everyone definitely go check her out. And if you're a projector, projectors uninvited will definitely make you feel seen and understood. That's for sure. Thank you so much for having me and for having this conversation. This was like a departure. This was super different from, from, uh, you know, kind of the usual conversations I have on the podcast. You are so welcome. And everybody, if you haven't followed, subscribed, left a review yet, it would be amazing just to make sure that there are people out there in the world who are looking for this information. And when you share it with a friend or leave a review or follow, it helps um, the show get seen and recommended to people just like you. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon.